Welcome to the Bonus Moms Podcast. We're your hosts, Ellie and Jamie. Join us as we talk about navigating life in a blended family. We're glad you're here because we're all better together. Hi, Bonus Mom friends. Quick disclaimer before we get started with today's episode. The opinions expressed during this podcast are conversational in nature and expressed only for informational purposes. Not all of the facts will be correct, but we attempt to be as accurate as possible. Bonus Moms holds no liability over the conversations on this podcast, and by using this podcast, you understand that it is solely for entertainment purposes. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Hi, Bonus Mom friends. Thanks for tuning in today. We have a very special guest for you, and I am one of your co-hosts, Ellie. Our other host, Jamie, is on vacation today, so it's just going to be me hosting today's episode. Um, Our very special guest is Ramona, and she is part of Ramona K Coaching. She helps to empower essentially women, but her message today is going to be um, definitely relatable for everybody. So we're super glad you're tuning in, and I think this is going to be another fantastic episode to tune in with listening Um, along with your spouse or your significant other. And without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce Ramona. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about your professional background and um, what we might learn from you today. Hi, Ellie. Thank you. I'm really happy to come. This is definitely me speaking to men and women, understanding my niche is women, but a lot of this applies to both. So if if you are a man, you are most welcome. Um, So I started out my work I always loved the idea of empowering people. So I started my work actually empowering people with their health. I started out in herbal wellness and it evolved. So I started embracing more and more of my true interests and strengths. So from there, I stepped into fitness training, but it wasn't quite the perfect fit to just stop there. And when I learned about life coaching, it tweaked my interests because I had my own life coach at one point when I was launching my business. And when I learned about personal empowerment coaching, that really resonated with me because it's about working with the emotions, which are driving our decisions and going from that inside out approach to build your life or make changes. However, the big, big turning point was when I became more aware of trauma and I was blissfully unaware of what trauma really was up until then. Like I had an idea of what some causes of trauma might be, but really blissfully unaware of how it shows up. And when I had the opportunity to become certified as a gentle trauma release practitioner, that to me was the ultimate game changer. Because now I can see things through the lenses of understanding how our unconscious nervous system is literally running the show. And it's it's running our bodies, it's running our thoughts or beliefs, how we react and connect so much. So when we can work with that and heal from responses that are keeping us restricted or stuck. We're opening ourselves up for more joy and to show up more as ourselves. So that's just a little bit about what I do. That's fantastic because the dynamics of the relationships that our audience deals with is exactly that. Um, Obviously, Our audience has come from broken relationships. At least one of the partners in the relationship has come from something that was broken in the past. And whether we want to admit it or not, we all have trauma stored 
inside of us. And it definitely affects the way that we show up for the relationships that we're currently in today. So let's dive in a little bit to that. How, um, you know, given your professional experience and your professional knowledge, how are the traumas of our past affecting the way that we show up today? So let's dive into that just a little bit. So that way we can kind of start to connect the pieces of how we can move forward from the way that's affecting our relationships. Yeah. So we don't want to drag a bunch of baggage into a new relationship, especially with a blended family and all the nuances with that, with children involved. And this is a time to really become reflective and compassionate with yourself and acknowledge maybe the losses you've had along the way and heal your heart and don't launch too quickly into the new. Um, Okay. So sometimes people assume that trauma is only from abuse or something that's really blatantly obvious. And that may be true. It may be true. Uh, But we are more complex than that. So if we at some point, especially growing up or in a long-term intimate relationship, we're not feeling like we belonged or mattered or didn't feel emotionally or physically or socially safe, those are all things that would cause a trauma response in the body. And how we respond to these things, which are a, a trauma is a response to a threat, a threat of loss, a threat of abandonment, a threat to your safety. It's, it's a broad um, range. Um, we contract and, and fall into our protection. And so it's not even just about, okay, let's tell me about your childhood. I mean, it's definitely important to know this. Um, Your sense of self, how you view yourself, your ability to express your needs, your ability to receive uh, intimacy, love and connection without freaking out, right? Um, There's so much connected to that, that that's part of the joy of what I do is helping because when you can release that in a way that's effective in long term, you're more able to connect with emotional intimacy and to show up more authentically and not hiding and rejecting parts of yourself. I know there's a lot in that. (laughs) (laughs) There is. And one part I want to dissect from that is uh, something that I think is going to really resonate with anyone who is in a blended family. Because blended family relationship dynamics are not just, they don't just start up here at the top with the husband and the wife or the husband, the husband, the wife, wife, whatever the dynamic is, right? It doesn't just start there. It trickles down to relationships with your own bio children if you have them. It also trickles down to your relationships with the blended family children or the stepchildren, bonus children, as we call them here. And there's so many relationships on a daily basis, even an hourly basis in a blended family that you have to, you know, deal with and you have to understand and process through. And then there's the ultimate relationship that's always looming over our shoulders of the relationship with the bio mom or a bio dad, if that's your situation. And those relationships are extremely high conflict in a lot of situations, Uh, not always, thankfully, um, but most of the time 
there are there's conflict involved. Um, but setting that aside for just a second, you mentioned something that really caught my attention about um, some. Actually, we we receive a lot of messages like this from women who are in relationships with a bio dad, and they may have their own bio children. They may not, but certainly they have bonus children in the relationship. And they come to us as a safe place to express their feelings that they're not sure why they're still enduring the challenges of this relationship because they feel like they are losing their own self. They feel like they're having to show up for their husband or their partner and their partner's children because that's what's expected of them. But at the same time, they're losing themselves every single time they show up for those relationship dynamics. And they come to us asking, like, is this worth it? Should I stay? I'm losing myself. And I, but I'm, if I leave, I'm going to lose the love of my life. So which one do they choose? Do they choose the love of their life or do they choose themselves? So what is your take on that? So do you find this is more typically with women and not men? Yes, we do. Okay. Um, one viewpoint is that this, um, with the patriarchal model, is women are taught to center men. Okay? So you're centering the man. And women, men are not necessarily taught that, that you're centering the woman. So this is where the identity loss comes in. Um, so... This is where I think it's very valuable to get introspective as a woman and get pretty clear on what you want and get more clear about who you are. Because if you're in a new relationship and maybe you were, you've had a divorce or a breakup, you may have already been in a situation where you were already centering the man in your life and you were not strong in your own identity. This is nothing to be ashamed of. That is our, our social model. And that's the conditioning we've had from our mothers and the grandmothers. So it's, it's about reclaiming that your partner is there to meet you. You are not there to complete them. They are there to meet you as an equal. Yes, there's give and take, but it's about centering your needs and advocating and, and getting clear about what it is that your needs are. And can they be met? Because it doesn't matter how dreamy this guy is if he's unwilling and unable to meet your needs. So tell us how your needs as a woman relates to boundaries or setting boundaries or just anything that has to do with boundaries. Because I think, you know, going back to what you said, the societal norm of women are the caretakers, right? That's what's mm -hmm. been instilled in us. And so for women to have needs, there's all kinds of <laughs> sayings about us that we're too needy or, you know, we we want to be this or that or we expect things that we shouldn't be expecting. And I think when that starts to happen, then um, we continue to lose our identity over and over and over again until we get to this rock bottom point where we don't know who we are in a relationship. And then we do start to question why we're there. Um, and then of course that leads to things like depression and anxiety and all kinds of other mental health conditions. Um, but when we call them boundaries, that seems to take on a more positive 
connotation and a more empowering type of connotation as opposed to um, a woman's needs. So what professional experience or advice can you give us on needs versus boundaries? Boundaries, one way to look at them is, is defining where you end and other people begin. Because if you have porous or non-existent boundaries, you don't really have a clear feeling of where other people be. Uh, they overlap onto you too much. And you start carrying everything that is not yours to carry. And you abandon your own self in the, in the, in the process. So are you abandoning your well-being? This is also um, common with tra trauma, childhood trauma. There may or may not have been abuse or neglect, but if you were brought up w with needing to tiptoe around the needs of others and shapeshift yourself to please others, to be accepted, loved, worthy, or safe, that causes a, a trauma response in your body. So unconsciously, you feel you need to be the good girl. You need to be the good girl. And this is conditioning. And it does take time and some healing and some support to um, break free of that. You don't have to go completely radical. Some people go radical. That's what the midlife crisis is. You, that suppressed rage comes out and, whoa, look out. <laughs> she ain't taking this no more. Um, but boundaries are deciding where you end and other people begin. So there's not so much crossover. And your, your boundaries will be different. You choose your boundaries in a situation and honoring your well-being. And it's not just about expressing your needs and making requests, which you do in a loving relationship. You make requests. Would you be willing to, for example, you make requests, but also deciding what your action is going to be if someone is unwilling or unable to honor that boundary. It's about what do I need to do to honor my well-being because it's not going to come from other people. You're, it's your job to look after your well-being and make sure your needs are being met. That is fantastic advice. And to continue that discussion a little bit more, how can a woman honor all of that while also nurturing relationships within her family um, mm -hmm. or even a man? How can a man, either one, man, woman, it doesn't matter because we all have to nurture relationships within our family structure, within our family dynamics. So how can someone honor everything that you just said we need to work on for ourselves, right? But at the same time, facilitate all of that into meaningful and healthy relationships. And that's a loaded question. And we could probably have a whole other episode just about that. But um, how can we just begin to tiptoe into doing something like that? We're presuming in this situation that the people involved, the partners, have a good will right? It's not an abusive situation. You're both in a healthy relationship where you want the best for each other. We're presuming that in this conversation. Um, one of the things that I teach about in my coaching and help um, my clients to understand is the archetypes that we default to or the personas that we step into are not necessarily our empowered selves. We've learned this behavior. So it's not who you are, it's what you learn to survive, but it's not your true, authentic, whole self. So there's going to be parts of you that are repressed, hide or hidden or squashed, and then the parts that take over. So for example, um, if you are in parent energy, whether it's father energy or mother energy, that is not your whole self, and that is not how you want to show up in a relationship. 
It's different than being a mother or father. Those are two different things. You can be a five-year-old and be in mother energy looking after everyone's emotional well-being and being parentified as a child. So, for example, uh, one of the saboteurs in relationships is, for example, a woman will start dating a guy and he, he, it, you get the whirlwind and he kind of looks after her and whisks her off her feet. And it's kind of like the parent-child energy a little bit. And then things change. They get together long-term, maybe they get married, and she starts to mother him. And this is where she's um, either being a martyr and overgiving, which leads to resentment, or she's being a bit of a control freak and feels that she must carry the world on her shoulders. Neither of those is honoring your true self, and these are learned behaviors. And the, the guy can be the same way. The man can be the same way. You can be in father energy, so you're you're not being equals. You're not communicating as equals. And it's not sexy. And so if you're being a mother energy, guess what? Your husband's going to start being the child. That's not sexy, right? So it's the dynamic that's created with your archetypes and you may feed off each other. So this is where I like to get curious. Am I, is this energy feeling like a child? A mother? And not like mother love, like not like a mother loves her children, but the martyr or the control freak. Or is it feeling like the woman who sits in her energy, has boundaries, gives and receives love, asks for help, receives help, and stands up for herself? Does that help to envision that in, you know, like a metaphor? It does. It, it literally just gave me chills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's powerful because then you can take the shame away and stop blaming yourself for screwing up. You did the best you could with what you knew. You did the best you could with what you knew and what you had. However, when you can integrate and heal those parts of you, the child, the mother energy that are your default, then you can embrace your woman or man or adult energy and you will be able to communicate better Yes, you're going to get triggered. You're going to collapse into those old things. But it's about learning how to let your adult or woman energy step up and run your life because she's equipped to navigate these challenging and complicated situations and still have fun. Absolutely. That is phenomenal advice. And like I said, it gave me chills when you described that <laughs> metaphor because um, I can promise you. I, I, I would, I, I'm not a betting woman, but I would be willing to bet that there's probably at least 90% of our audience out there who can relate to that metaphor and just mm -hmm. had a light bulb moment to say, I have permission to feel this way. And it's yeah. not permission from someone else. It's permission from ourselves mm -hmm. yeah. at the end of the day. It is. And like you've said several times is to be honoring our authentic self. And I think a lot of times we do feel the shame or the guilt in doing that because we are not giving ourselves permission to fully come into who we truly are. And you've done a phenomenal job so far describing and giving us advice on how to show up as a woman in our, um, our traditional relationship within our families. And I want to switch gears just a little bit on that same topic to how can we show up in that same sort of way, um, but differently, because now we have to show up to a relationship with a woman who mm -hmm. 
has children with our significant other, this woman might not even be somebody we would choose to be friends with outside of this relationship, whether they had children with this person that we're now in a relationship with or not. So I know that's a huge struggle for a lot of our our audience because there is this other woman that they feel like is a third wheel in the relationship. And they struggle to know how to show up or even begin to think about showing up. So then they either don't show up at all and they just completely take a step back or they show up in ways that they're not necessarily proud of uh, because that's not who their authentic self is because this other woman might be very high conflict. This other woman might be completely different from them in every way, shape, and form. So help us to go down the path of learning how to show up in the relationship that we have to deal with, whether we want to or not, with the woman known as Biomom. Okay, so with any complicated relationship that you're not going to sever completely, you're still going to need to stay in your adult energy. And um, boundaries are going to be important here. And that's going to depend on what this woman is like. Is she, you know, because some people, if they're just too manipulative or toxic, you may have to really limit your contact. But knowing she's not going to completely go away because you're spending time with her children. Um, One way I've found that's helpful with relationships that are triggering for me, but they're not going to go away is accept them. Accept them exactly as they are. Don't try to change anything outwardly or inwardly and let go of judgment. And it's helped me to see people with fresh eyes that are not going to change. I find some of their points of view quite triggering and we could have a big fat debate about their views. It doesn't matter. It's not. Accept them. And it doesn't mean you accept inappropriate or abusive behavior. That does not mean that. But accept them for who they are and try to have as much empathy as you can in that situation. And I would think about clearly defined roles. So let her do her thing. Let your your partner do his thing as much as possible because they're co-parenting as the original parents. Do what whatever, depending on the relationship and how much time how much the the mom's involved with the children, depending on the extent. Let them co-parent as much as possible together without you being part of it unless you need to be. It, I don't think everything needs to be a three-way decision unless it affects you directly and, and how they're parented in your home. Um, and, and notice when you're triggered. So don't have heated conversations when you're not grounded even decide ahead of time how you're going to react. So if she's passive aggressive, notice you're going to let that poo bomb fall on the floor and you're not going to pick it up and huck it back. You're not going to pick it up and smell it and handle it. You're going to let it fall on the floor and leave it where it is. Or you're going to call it out deciding if someone is really narcissistic, I don't label people, but you know, some people are never going to change their ways. So you have to decide how you're going to react to them. Uh, don't pick up the bait if they're super triggered. They might be really wounded from the ending of this relationship and they might carry that wound to their grave. You can't fix that. Does that help at all? 
It absolutely does. There's so many good takeaways in all the little nuggets you just shared there. And I hope our listeners will rewind the episode over and over and over again for the last minute or so to continue to listen to those. So that way they do, um, you know, start to believe those things. Because again, it's it's giving ourselves per- permission to believe that type of narrative, right? And um, I love your term poo bomb. I think we're... <laughs> <laughs> Why would you pick it up? Don't even step in it, right? Go right around that thing. You don't need to pick it up. That is phenomenal. We're (laughs) going to use the term poo bomb so many times from now on. It's so true, though. Don't pick it up. And I think as a new or newer bonus mom, that is something we, we just haven't quite learned yet. And I'm guilty of that myself when I was a new bonus mom. I would pick up the poo bombs and so would my husband because I don't, I mean, there's so many things swirling in my head right now that I want to say, but it's like you, you are reactive, right? Because those triggers can be so fresh. And even if it's not a trigger within me as a bonus mom, it may be a trigger in my husband. And when I see my husband getting triggered, as his partner, as someone who loves him, I want to protect him. I want to help him, right? And now we're both getting triggered, but for different reasons. And now we're both picking up the poo bomb that should not have been picked up in the first place. Um, And when you were saying, you know, accept them for who they are, accept the situation, accept what happened, um, I just want to share a quick little story about something that happened to me maybe 10 years ago that I had to learn that this was probably the most impactful thing I've ever learned in my entire life going through therapy. And it has absolutely nothing to do with um, being part of a blended family. So if you don't want to listen to this part, just skip ahead a minute or so. Um, But I was T-boned in an intersection about 10 years ago. And thankfully, I was by myself. My three kiddos were very young. They were all at home. I think my twins were, they had just turned two years old, and my oldest child was four. And I was on my way home from the grocery store on a Saturday afternoon, just minding my own business, car full of groceries, um, going through an intersection, and somebody turned right into my driver's side door. It completely changed my life. Um, it was like taking a snow globe that was perfect white picket fence, just sitting on the shelf and somebody took it and just shook it up and turned it upside down, smashed it on the floor. Nothing in my life was the same after that point. And I was significantly injured. I had surgeries after that. And, um, it just, like I said, it completely altered the way I looked at life and, the most impactful thing my therapist said to me after that accident is that acceptance is easier than resistance because I hated that person who caused that accident. I mean, I wanted to go and find his address, knock on his door, you know, do the same thing that he had done to me. Uh, It's horrible to admit that, but you know, I think we all can, feel that at some point in our lives that we want the other person to feel that same sort of pain that they've caused to us. 
And at the end of the day, acceptance, accepting who they are, accepting what happened, that is going to give you so much more freedom than continuing to resist and resist and keep picking up that poo bomb. It's just that acceptance that gives you the freedom that nobody else can give you. You give that gift to yourself. So can you talk to us a little bit more about the acceptance of the situation? Because I know a lot of bonus parents struggle and even bio parents struggle with the situation that they're in because they have a child with someone they're no longer in a relationship with. Yeah. Um, one thing I find that can get in the way of healing, especially with trauma, is trying to force acceptance or forgiveness before your nervous system is ready. Um, just because you want it cognitively or you've been told that you should or that you're causing a problem by not forgiving um, doesn't mean that's going to happen. And a suppressed rage is very unhealthy. It doesn't mean you're going to lash out at your partner, um, but there's ways through this. I want to comment on your accident too, um, because I'm reading a book by Martha Beck right now, trying to finding your true North star, I believe it is, but she talks about transitions, which I work do with my work as well. She talked about quite often the trigger for a transition is, um, a, a catalytic event. So this was a catalytic event for you. And, uh, one of the first things is to acknowledge the wound acknowledge this wounded part of yourself. She is hurt. She is angry. She was victimized and it wasn't her fault and it's unjust and it's not fair. And you don't need to suppress that. You can validate it and blame, 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 blame for a while, not forever is a stage. And this is what I do with trauma work as well. There is a time and a place to stop pointing the finger at yourself and blame, 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 and point your finger, not at them with the person. This is with a, a, a proper coach to help you through this or in a letter writing that you don't mail <laughs> with someone safe who understands trauma and isn't going to try to fix you and talk you out of your feelings, feel the rage and blame. That is a stage and that needs to happen or it's suppressed and it's going to show up in other random self-destructive ways. Um, and then as you continue through that, eventually you'll get to apathy. You push through apathy with grieving and you need to grieve what was lost. So in your accident, this, you did not choose this and there was a loss in there. So you get to acknowledge that and you get to grieve it until your body's good and ready to let that go. And this is healthy. It's needed. And the same thing with the loss of a relationship. What did you lose in that? Acknowledge it. Clean out that wound. Name it. Not with the person. Okay. This is with someone safe. Your partner who's no longer with you is not a part of your healing journey. So the grieving is necessary. And there are different stages with the emotional levels that I work through as an empowerment coach. But eventually you'll get to the place where you feel anger, but it's not the rage blame where you're going to lash out at the partner, your ex-partner. It's where you decide, I want more for myself. I'm going to stand up for myself. It may not be in just this relationship, but in your life, whatever it is, I want more for myself. What am I going to do with this energy? And anger can be a catalyst to move forward into having more pride and dignity and finding your courage. And the courage is where your empowered self shows up. You're still not at acceptance yet. Okay. This is the healing journey. That's different than accepting someone for who they are. That you can do right away. They are who they are. It's not my job to fix them. When he gets triggered, part of mother energy wants to fix. Okay. So it's helpful to let adults feel their feelings 
and not be responsible for fixing. And chances are he has some tools and resources to help him get on the other side of that and just be present rather than trying to fix it. And that takes the emotional burden off of you while still holding space, holding space for them to feel rather than taking it on. Um, so acceptance of yourself, there's stages of healing, allow, allow, allow. You will eventually get to the point of acceptance when you're good and ready. Not when someone else says you should be there. And you may need support getting through this. This isn't always a DIY job. It depends what you've been through. That is such, such good advice that I'm just sitting here thinking off the top of my head, um, specific DMs that we've received in our Instagram inbox of women who this will benefit greatly. And um, one other final scenario I want to run by you is the women who come into the blended family relationship who have not been married themselves. They do not have their own bio kids. So the, the, the blended family that they're coming into is their first marriage or their most significant long-term relationship that they've been in. And, um, you know, a lot of them are twenties, thirties, and we still have this, um, idea in our mind of this traditional family, what a traditional family looks like. And I love that you mentioned the word grief or the grieving process, because, uh, I think a lot of people associate grief with or grieving with death, right? And uh, death of a human, death of a family member or something. And that's not the only scenario where grief comes into play. But so many of our bonus moms come into this situation and they've fallen madly in love with this person who has children with someone else. And they reach out to us grieving the loss of a traditional family, grieving the loss that they will never have firsts with their partner. Um, so can you walk us through that a little bit? How can someone in, in that situation right now, how can they move through the grief and the healing process? I think it's important to name it and be honest. It doesn't make you selfish or a bad person to name and grief. Grieving is, is just acknowledging what is never going to be or what should have been and could have been and isn't. There's many ways grieving can show up. And, um, I think it's important to, especially as a young woman in your twenties, especially as you're really still coming into your power yet, um, is not just plunking yourself into your partner's life. You need your own hopes, dreams, aspirations, and things that are entirely yours. If it's just him plus you, like their family, and then you're the add-on, that's not honoring you as a as a, a distinct human being with her own values, interests, beliefs, uh, friendships, hobbies, work, whatever it is. So don't allow yourself to just morph into the plus one, right? So keep your own identity. And that's hard as a young woman, because we've learned to center men, nothing against men. That's just the model of our society, especially when you're young. You might have different ideas. You get over 50, you don't think that way anymore, <laughs> but uh, you do younger. I know I was that way too. Um, 
and just acknowledging that this is a loss. Good things also are an ending. So say you become a mom and you have a baby yourself for the first time. You can grieve this independent version of you that's gone. You will never be that person again. Your life will change. It's something you choose. It's okay to grieve things. It's not selfish. And and then when you're good and ready, get clear about what, what do you want. If it didn't make you a bad person, if it didn't make you selfish, a bad wife, a bad mother, a bad daughter, a bad sister, what do you want? Get clear. Don't shove your dreams, wishes, and desires aside just to be a partner. You're, there's more to you than that. And you will be a more interesting person to be married to or partnered with when you have a sense of self. So don't let that go. Keep your that own thing. That is fantastic advice. And I think we'll go ahead and end on that because I think that's the perfect final thing for everyone to take away and just chew on and think about as the day goes on. And um, gosh, yeah, it's, I think, again, it kind of goes back to giving ourselves permission that it is okay to grieve. It's not a selfish thing. It's not selfish to grieve at all. It's something that you need in order to show up as your true self. And it's something you need in order to complete or even travel through your healing journey. And um, I love that you said, don't plunk into his family, right? Um, you do not have to morph into the plus one. And I think there are a lot of people out there who feel like that is what they are expected to do. And you're not expected to do that. You are allowed to still have, like you said, your own hopes and dreams and goals and to be your own self, because that's probably why that other person fell in love with you to begin with, because you did have those goals and aspirations for yourself and you, you were showing up, um, as your true self. So, uh, Ramona, thank you so much for your time today. This has been an incredible conversation and we can probably keep going for hours and hours and hours. Um, so if you don't mind, go ahead and tell our listeners how they can find you online or on social media. Wonderful. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. So I have a website, www.ramonakcoaching.com. And under Instagram and Facebook, my handle is Ramona K Coaching. So those are the best places to find me. Perfect. Thank you for that. And we will also go ahead and uh, put your social media handle in the description of this episode too. So our listeners can go ahead and find you easily. And as always, bonus mom friends, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite streaming platform and make sure you follow us on Instagram at bonus underscore moms. We'll see you next time.